Hey guys, today we're joined by Aiden Raider, one of our newer coaches on Team Nori. He's one of the a young a standout coaches that uh, is an up-and-coming competitor. Um, he used to compete at 83 kilos, but I think now uh, Aiden's uh, making his way on up to the 198-pound class. Is that correct? Yes, that's correct. I'm going to uh, 198, been at 83 for about two years, was 74 before that when I first started getting into things. So gone up two weight classes in a pretty pretty short period of time. But uh, my 198 debut will be uh, at CNATS this coming March. Awesome, man. Um, when when you first found out, you know, they're just about the IPF-USAPL split or just the fact that those weight classes are changing, um, what kind of uh, ran through your mind when you first heard about it? Well, the, the first thought was uh, that it, it made the choice to go to 198 clear because, uh, you know, what 183 was brought down to 181. And I was like, okay, yeah, so this works out in my favor, but probably um, doesn't work out in in many people's favor. Um, I, I I think uh, it, it kind of just seems like a like a decision to divide people. Um, yeah, I see. Um, were you you were someone who walked around always as a heavier eighty three, right? Someone who had to cut weight essentially. Um, no, actually. Uh, so I. I I went 180 or I went 83 um, back in like 2019. That was coming up from 74. Oh. Um, I got heavier. That's why I, I, I've gone to 198, uh, of course. But uh, when when I was really competing at 83, um, I, I never had a cut. Um, it was only until nationals, uh, 2021 nationals, that I had to actually uh, cut for 83, which had been my first cut in since I was a 74. So I, I always, uh, my best performance actually Midwest prime time. I, I had like Panda express the night before. So that's, oh, that's <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Lots of sodium, lots of carbs. Yeah. Um, I, ba I basically just grown. I'm a growing boy, I guess. <laughs> yeah. yeah I mean, you're, you're, you're not even uh, 20 years old yet. So I think uh, you still have a couple more years yeah. to probably fill out. Um, yeah, before. I'm 20 now, but okay. Yeah. Uh, when was your yeah. birthday recently? Oh, August 19th is my birthday. Oh, you, you know, it's funny. Uh, I think Chance is an August birthday and I'm an yeah. August birthday too. I'm, I'm on the 26th. Okay. So we're all, we're all August birthdays. Now, now uh, you let me know to, to write a reminder to wish you happy birthday when it's August uh, right. next year. Yeah. Um, I mean... your, your first cut that you had to do, was it rough or like, what was that like? Oh, no, it wasn't rough. I wasn't even sitting that heavy. The weight just didn't come off. Um, uh, I've really only had to do uh, one other cup for, so I don't, I don't, um, have a whole lot of meat cutting experience, um, which, uh, you know, I, I, I've learned, I've learned a lot since then on how to cut. Oh. Um, but yeah, uh, I just pretty much ran the same cut I did back when I was a, a 74, uh, I believe I was sitting at like 168 for high school nationals back in 2019 or 160, yeah, 168. So, um, and I ended up cutting. Yeah. yeah, I ended up cutting to 158. So oh man, so it was like a too <laughs> yeah. good of a cut. Yeah, it was. A, it ended up being an overcut, um, and it, it wasn't really that bad. And uh, I recomped really well, and that was one of my best meets I've ever done. Um, this time around, uh, I pretty much ran the same thing. Sean pretty much had me do the same thing that I ran uh, back years then, prior. and yeah. yeah, years prior, and it just it just didn't come off nothing it was coming off um woke up like a pound over um and spitting wasn't going very well for some reason That's like spitting time. yeah uh ended up um 
being like 0.1 pounds over when I weighed in. So I just went spit spat for like uh 15 minutes. It was 82.99. <laughs> man, you made it right on the dot, man. Um, yeah. yeah, I think fortunately for me, I came from wrestling uh, similar to Jaron in high school. So yeah. we were already used to this idea of weight class being a thing, you know, having to cut weight. I was more fortunate in that, you know, like my younger or my smaller teammates who were like 113, 103, they would have, they were already really skinny and they would have to cut and make that weight when they barely have anything to lose. Cause uh, uh, Jaron and I got to talk about it on the last episode, but like in wrestling, when the season before they start, they actually do like a, like a body fat test on everyone to make okay. sure they cap you and you're not allowed to cut more weight than this amount. Cause they're like, oh, it's unsafe. So yeah. it's crazy how, how like seriously they take it for like the, the health uh, proponent. But, you know, that being said, uh, you used to run track, right? Was that, was that your high school sport of choice? I wish I did wrestling actually. Um, just looking back, that's, that's something that I, I, I can't say that I 100% would have done it because like doing track and football, like I did kind of yeah. led me into powerlifting, which is, you know, was one of the greatest decisions I've ever made was to full send into powerlifting. But, um, uh, if it didn't affect that decision making at all, I would have 100% uh, gone into wrestling because I, 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 the previous high school that I was at before just uh -huh. did not ha have it. Uh, I grew up in a very small town of like a, a thousand population. Dang, in in Illinois yeah. or? Yeah, in Illinois, it's like a, it's in more centralish Illinois, uh, middle of nowhere. My backyard was a cornfield. Um, oh, man. <laughs> not my cornfield just like a farm someone else's cornfield yeah 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 i can't so, relate man i was i was always a suburban you know dallas kid or and you know living in houston now i'm in what would be considered the suburbs so when i'm driving through and going to dallas i'll see the fields and you know the, all the farmland yeah. but uh, i can't relate but then when you move for the other high school you guys had more sports there would you say yeah, so it it was a real, really intimidating uh, experience going from a, a a town of my entire population is a thousand people. The radius is like five miles uh -huh. to uh, you know to just like suburban life where my high school is now uh, twice the population of my entire hometown. I've lived in for like ten years, um, <laughs> and I was already a shy kid to begin yeah. with because we'll, we'll go into why just body image and stuff. Um, so yeah yeah i'd I walk into the lunchroom and it was like one of those scenes where everything like zooms out and uh -huh. <laughs> like you see like the preppy or something. kids or like the goth yeah. kids and you're like i don't know where i fit it, it's like i'm seeing like my entire town's population in one lunchroom and it, it it uh it was it it was an overwhelming feeling at first uh I guess I, I come from like a in, um, a unique background, where, but that, that was just foreign to me. Yeah. So like uh, uh, kind of rewinding even further back before you moved for that bigger high school, were you like always usually in that small town? Did your family like go out of the town and go to the bigger city a lot? Or like, were you always just kind of hanging out in that rural area? Um, no, no, we, we don't, we don't travel too often. Sometimes we just go to the city to like, you know, go to like, uh, Chicago has like a bunch of museums. So we go yeah. there, uh, for art museum, science museums, all that, all that stuff. Um, but no, we, we would pretty much just, I mean, stay in town. Um, so I, I, I haven't, I wasn't really used to like, uh, normal civilized, you know, like civilization, <laughs> um what, i'm saying it like then, uh, like i was in 
I see. Would you say then you just like kind of played outside a lot or like uh, what, what, what was uh, what was Aiden doing as a kid? Like, uh, were you a video gamer or like watch TV or like did you go outside? What, what did you do? Oh, yeah. Um, well, so I had I had good friends there that I, I kind of like left behind when when uh, I moved to um, the place I live now. Yeah. Um, Sounds sad when but... you say it like that, man. Like, <laughs> see you guys later. No, we actually, uh, him and I, we still play like Rocket League and stuff. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> uh, nice. Yeah. No. So, so yeah, that'll leave me. I was a huge gamer, uh, big into Pokemon, Nintendo. Like, yeah. Uh, like, yeah. I, my car keys here, I have a Pikachu lanyard. So, nice, um, yeah, that, that, that shows me. Uh, yeah. Just because no one can see it. But yeah. So, um, I, I grew up playing that, as well. That's awesome, man. Yeah. Um, yeah and video games mainly is what I'd, I'd pretty much do there's not much to do out there honestly uh exploring stuff there's a lot of like uh like just the nature out there is beautiful so uh so yeah yeah if there's nowhere to go then you just go walk in the forest and go explore random <laughs> stuff it's probably not, yeah. da- not dangerous at all <laughs> yeah hopefully you don't run into anything sketchy or you know somebody yeah. hiding a body or something and you're like oh man i saw something i should have but so uh, what grade did you move then? It was like, what, 10th grade, 11th grade? Uh, yeah, it was freshman year. Uh, oh, okay, so it, start of your freshman year, you started at the a- After freshman year, my bad, yeah. I so I, I had my freshman year of high school at Newark, Newark, Illinois, is where I grew up. Um, the population of that high school was 200 kids, so nice. or less than 200. Like 150, my graduating class was like 25 or something. Um, yeah, so... Started there, uh, then parents got divorced. So I, uh, my I lived with my mom. My dad stayed back in Newark for a little uh-huh. bit. Uh, now he's up here with us now, uh, so he could be closer to us. Um, but uh, went went lived with my mom uh, in Algonquin, Illinois, which population is around seventy thousand ish or something like that. Uh-huh. Um, so just a, just a suburban town. I so, see. yeah. Well, when you That's got into the newer, when you got into the newer high school and sophomore year, um, was your family always like, "Oh, you should do some sports," or like, "What got you to pick and decide?" Oh, maybe I should do track and football. Yeah, so the the um, I had done track since um, maybe seventh grade. So mm-hmm. um, and I did that all the way up until uh, junior year. I quit senior year because that's when I started powerlifting very seriously. Um, but yeah, uh, but done track for a really long time. And, um, my mom kind of was the one who got me kind of pushed me into football. My, my dad had done football. He was really good at it. My, my, uh, grandfather, my dad's uh, dad, he, um, is in like the Lehigh, uh, Valley hall of fame for college football. Um, so that's, uh, he played uh, at Pitt. Um, that year they went like undefeated. The only, team they uh he played with mike ditka okay so, yeah that, that's, that's big names, yeah. yeah yeah so um no he was he was really good um so i guess that's maybe where i get some the bloodline good, yeah. good genetics from um but yeah uh yeah i did football um ended up not really being for me though Mm-hmm. Um, I am definitely more of like an individual journey type of sport. Uh, like, did you like prefer track. track then? 
Yeah, I like straight like um, a lot of people love team sports, but uh, I, I like um, I like being part of a team. But I, I like uh, I like just pushing like one thing as hard as possible. So <laughs> that's uh, and, like and not, not needing like uh, I guess sometimes like, you know, you could be a good player, but on a team, if your team's not you know, playing their roles well, then it sucks. Like kind of losing. And you're like, well, I did everything I could, but it's, even though I gave my best for forward, it's like, we can't win if everyone else isn't playing their you know role properly. Um, yeah. It, it may have to do with uh, like not, uh, not playing football because our, our, my high school didn't have football uh, that I grew up in. Oh, so. the smaller one. Yeah, so I was basically just thrown into that, and I just uh, I had no idea what to do. <laughs> yeah, because really football, if you think about it, it's pretty a complicated sport. And I feel like even for me growing up, I was telling Chance this too, that, you know, I'd never really got exposed to football. You know, being Asian-American, our family, football is like the last sport, you know, Asian-Americans typically watch, unless you grow up here and you go to college or something, and you're like, oh, I'm into it now. So, you know, like even learning the plays and what you're supposed to do and watching a game and realizing – how like good of a play they just did like you wouldn't know if you're just a normal guy watching soccer is like yeah. pretty straightforward you know track i feel like once you understand the rules at least if you're a spectator you're like okay i, I see the point of you know what what the sport is but football's yeah. a little complex i think uh when you did track and you switch from the smaller school track team to this larger school what was that transition like um hmm uh it, honestly, our track team was pretty small, so it wasn't too big of a, a of a difference. Um, we still got the individual attention that oh. uh, that was needed, and I think I think um, the the coach could pick out who was uh, really really invested in it and who was um, passionate about it. Yeah, yeah. So so I I did receive like attention uh, that like like that I would with a very small team. Um, at our our high school actually track was very popular at our old high school so that was um even though we had a small uh class size it was like almost like everyone did it so it was oh, okay uh, yeah uh which was interesting um i think i think uh i think track was the real start of my like self-improvement um journey journey yeah really i guess I, I guess i would call it that's such a cliche people think like people like often say like oh i i uh i don't like when people call their fitness thing like journey like it they don't call it like, calling it a journey but it, it feels like it is to me personally i mean um, I, I agree with you and and honestly to the people out there who, who say that or think like that i'm like i mean what are you being such a debbie downer for it's like hey it yeah. is a journey it is it is a story it's your story and i yeah. think that everyone has a beautiful awesome story of how you know, especially someone like yourself got to where you are today from being someone who might have had more self-image issues or lack of self-confidence. And then me being a standout yeah. athlete, because, you know, to, in this day and age, like you are a pretty impressive lifter overall with your numbers at your age and Thank your you. weight. And I think um, uh, that definitely didn't come overnight. It was something that came from years of putting in time in the gym, putting in time as a track athlete, as a, you know, a football player of some, some sort. Um, but when you ran track, I know kind of digging back uh you were you're a lot smaller and skinnier just back in the day in high school uh when were you kind of like okay i'm, I'm a track athlete but i want to put on muscle i want to get bigger when did that kind of happen yeah so uh just going back a little yeah i would say that like i, I have transformed i am proud to be like who i am now coming from from where i was and and uh you know being unsatisfied with with where i was at in life i guess but um yeah so that started when my my track coach pretty much just told me like hey in the off season um 
you you need more power basically uh-huh. um you need more power out of your legs so you should do some weight training in your off season in, and we in did some track weight. uh there's divisions right there's like you know sprinters versus long distance or like shot yeah like what, what what were what category were you competing in uh definitely not long distance yeah, <laughs> uh, I, yeah. I could yeah. imagine but yeah uh no i was a sprinter 100 and 200 meter um long distance i i just it's just impossible for me uh yeah yeah so you specialize in that like fairly early on and obviously your coach kind of could tell like hey like you're that power athlete and now he's telling you you should start lifting weight so then off season you start going to the gym uh we didn't have a gym in 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 my town so we had my dad had like a a cable machine in his basement that uh-huh. he he had for himself just like staying in shape and they had like a treadmill too just like basic fitness stuff and i my dad made me a a program that was like uh just like a like upper lower split uh that i i ran for like entire summer and i would also do like a million push-ups like basically just like uh-huh. your your beginner fitness type of i don't know what i'm doing i'm just doing whatever <laughs> makes sense to me yeah um yeah, so I, I would do like a ridiculous amount of push-ups, planks, like literally every, every anything that I could I could do to improve my fitness from what limited information I had as a fourteen-year-old boy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. Uh, regardless, though, you know, you had an impressive, you know, two or three-year transformation in high school. You went from that. I think you said you were like one fifteen around the age of fourteen, and then you were like you know, in the 160s or so, uh, by the time you were like a junior or senior in high school, like, when did the muscle start really coming on? Uh, Honestly, as soon as I started just um, following that, like, it was like a cable press, chest press machine, there was like a hamstring curl on it, there was like a, like lat pull down uh, attached to it, there was, you know, Uh just like, pretty much like a a bunch of movements you could do. So as as soon as I started taking that seriously, and like, started eating a lot Uh (laughs) Uh, because not even because i i I, uh knew about bulking or cutting or anything i just was so hungry all the time from training uh, you you had like a a pretty fast metabolism and just always a hungry very 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 quick yeah basically i was just a hungry boy uh growing um i went from yeah start of start of uh high school i was like 115 maybe 120 and after the end of that summer going into sophomore year where i moved into new school um I was maybe like 150. Uh, th- so that was a lot of that's, weight in a very crazy. short period of time. Awesome. <laughs> well, when yeah. you got to the new school, did you have access to a gym because you were in a more suburban area? Or were you still trying to like go to dad's house and, you know, use the cable machine? Like what, what was, uh, what were you, where were you lifting then? Um, at, then I, um, there was an anytime fitness, like a bike ride away from uh-huh. uh, my house. So I would uh, bike there every day. It was it wasn't really that far um so i, I was training at any time fitness um where i that's where i started doing like real you know that was a real gym not just a cable machine so yeah, i started doing like real movements yeah yeah um i hadn't discovered powerlifting yet though i was pretty much just training there um it wasn't until i joined i started football in junior year that i really started weight training uh, and doing powerlifting uh, because after that season, my friend, uh, I'm not sure. I think I discovered powerlifting through multiple sources, oh. but, uh, one that I remember is my friend, Max, he took me into his basement one after a game. We were like, yeah, he had, a he had a deadlift platform, like a squat rack and everything nice. all in his basement. Uh, this was when I was like 16 or 17. 
uh, afterwards he like just show uh, we, we lifted uh, and I think uh, my that was where I f- hit my first like deadlift max out because we've been training uh, just doing like squat bench deadlift cleans yeah. uh, in, in football and uh, I, I was really really uh, I really enjoyed it that's what I found I, I found that I was enjoying it more than actually football uh, than playing football or practicing football um and my first deadlift max was like 345 uh so conventional um yeah i i can't really remember what it was what, what, what i did there uh it was just it was a deadlift um i had tried deadlifting before which is funny uh-huh. because uh because the first time i i tried to deadlift it was like 225 i did it for like three reps and i literally couldn't get out of bed for the next two days oh man you like, just went too hard on accident or something it was super yeah. sore. <laughs> Yeah, like I, I had gained muscle, I'd gotten stronger, but like I was still like kind of like weak. So yeah, I did like two two twenty five, maybe two seventy five for like a triple on conventional. It was like the hardest thing, mo- biggest grinder known to man. Probably terrible form. And <laughs> I wish uh, yeah, I wish I, we had a, a video of it like that. You you know happened to take back then because uh, to give you a, a little uh, tidbit. Uh, when I used to live with my friends in high school, we would all yeah. like our program looked like if you could write it out, it'd be like five by five bench day one, uh, max out squat day two, uh, <laughs> like I don't know, max out bench day three, max out deadlift day four, repeat. And we would just literally yeah. do that every week. Yeah. I, I, it was a gym class too. <laughs> really? Oh man, that's, that's yeah. hilarious. That's so yeah, we had the gym class weight room and I had to get, I just felt awful for the rest of the day. I woke up next day and like, mom, I can't move. I have to stay home from school. Dang. And that sucks, man. Well then, then um, at what point did you feel like, cause I, I'm assuming, you know, like, let's say you're a junior or senior in high school now, you know, you've ran track, you played a bit of football. I would assume at that point, you're like a decent track athlete. When were you kind of like, you know, I really like track, but like thinking this is not what I want to like take any further and lifting is more fun. And this is what I want to prioritize. What did that kind of shift happen for you at some point? Yeah. So I was trying to be a, uh, a track athlete and I, and I had been introduced to powerlifting through, uh, my friend Max, like I said, and other sources on basically online, I found guys like, uh, the two biggest was uh, Eric Bugenhagen. Um, okay. He's hilarious, <laughs> yeah. man. So, yeah. So I saw his videos and I was like, Oh my goodness, this guy is crazy. I want to, I want to be that Jack. Um, <laughs> I found like sources through like uh, Instagram. One of the, one of the biggest was uh, James English because he was my age, he was my yeah, age, yeah. my weight. Um, he was like the USAPL national champion. He went to worlds and I, I would watch all his videos. Dave, David laid yeah. like, uh, you know, all those, the, and I, I used to be like obsessed with those videos. I'd watch like every video. I'm like, yeah. man, I want to be these guys. <laughs> um, uh, I don't really follow aesthetics at all now. I don't care about that. Uh, but to me, it was the biggest thing at the time. And then Mason Cabney was another yeah, guy. Yeah, Mason was, like, was a beast. I saw his like 600 squat video. I was like, oh, I didn't know humans were capable of this. <laughs> and Mason just looks like a hero, like like in the the olden English era or something, where he's like a knight. Yeah, and he just looks like a freaking hero, man. He was he was a beast. I know Sean used to coach him. Uh, I think yeah. for a period of time back then. Yeah, um, which is interesting now that now that I'm here as a as a Nori coach, my, where my first source of initial source of inspiration was Mason Cabney. Uh, yeah, That's that, awesome, and. Man. And also just like 
media like anime and like video games where those yeah. characters are like ridiculously jacked that's like that's like yeah. the stereotypical and everyone's always like oh i'm so inspired and yeah it's 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 but uh it's cool like how i think shows like that can be so impactful to kids and you know teens growing up to be like hey like at least it's not inspiring you to do crazy dumb things or illegal things it's like now you want to go work out and just be a better person you know and i think honestly it's it's uh some people you know they kind of like shame people who watch like uh cartoons or anime nowadays i feel like it's not as bad like people don't really care but you know me no, growing yeah, up it, it, watching anime it's like now it's more like cool for people to be like oh you watch too man you know yeah it's like it's like if you don't watch anime you're weird now yeah, I mean, yeah i'm sure a lot of a lot of the the people are like happy to to feel that way more more inclusive with it but it was there one that you really watched growing up that you're either inspired by to lift or just you just liked watching in general um honestly it, it wasn't while growing it wasn't while growing up i got into anime when i was like like late like, like around that time like 16 uh -huh. to 17 years old so it was shows like like uh well one dragon ball of course um uh jojo yeah jojo's jojo's bizarre adventure yeah. it's, it's like probably my favorite anime ever just because i i love the crazy over-the-top action like the the create like the the crazy ways they get out of whatever situation they're in yeah. um and also just they're just badasses um so it's a it's a fun show maybe you'd like like baki or like some of the other gory like fighting type yeah. of animes maybe but... yeah i'm watching a uh, hunter x hunter right now it's, yeah, that's I'm a classic it. it's it's awesome yeah, i think i think the author was like partially people were saying he was just either lazy or he was like sick so he just kept like not being able to finish the story so it took him like a, a really long time to keep it going and i think yeah he's still trying to like write it or something but it's a really good uh anime that one i feel like is nice because some animes you know there's like fillers or people are like oh like i don't want to spend too much time watching this but hunter gets to the point like every episode is like plot after plot after plot so yeah i'm i'm almost done with it uh, i'm like maybe like three quarters probably like 20 episodes left uh so yeah I, i've really been enjoying that um but yeah uh so this this eventually leads me to uh, uh really taking this let's go back to our original question where i was yeah. talking about uh how i decided to <laughs> um stray from track and football yeah um, yeah let's see yeah so after that uh i finished out my my junior season you know i still i was doing both at the same time uh which between that and like possibly working at that time was uh was a lot so i i kind of i kind of came to the realization like something has to kind of drop out here uh yeah. but it wasn't until um it wasn't until my senior year of high school uh, i did my i did my first meet my senior year of high school and that meet uh meant so much to me because that kind of proved that uh this is something that i can like i have talent in because at that first meet um uh <laughs> i made some mistakes i jumped like a bench command i i absolutely dive bombed my squats but uh, -huh. uh my my deadlift at that first meet was um that's when I, that's when I hired 62, uh, right? I think. Yeah. 562 at 74 at 17. Uh, that was my first meet. Um, I, I was coached by, uh, Kyle power at the time. Okay. Um, yeah, another household name. Yeah. <laughs> um, I start, I started, uh, it was like, I jumped from like 500 to 560 in three months. <laughs> so that's, that's uh, a crazy progression then. Yeah. Um, and that happened to be the teen two American, deadlift record at the time which was held by james english who i had just wow. absolutely like like just really looked up to now um, now you're starting to catch up to your your former idol 
the 562 was that sumo yeah yeah uh, sumo well did you when you started lifting did you like quickly transition and say oh i think sumo is better for me or like were you did you start out conventional like what was that like um i did conventional when we were in track or uh, when i was in track and football uh but then i just discovered that i was just just sumo felt more natural to me okay i see yeah and and then um you know so you do that first meet as a high schooler you're still you know within 163 so like you know you've gained some muscle since you started but then uh at what point were you like okay i want to start moving up to 83 and just really like fill out yeah so uh, let me run over uh high school nationals which was my meet following that i was coming in as an underdog actually to ethan puck um ended up uh getting the victory there uh which was a really close battle between him and I. Um, then after that meet is when uh, I started. I decided I uh, started gaining some weight. Oh, that was around the time where I quit track. Prior to okay. high school nationals is when I quit track because I, I I knew that I had potential in this. I just took an American record at my first meet, um, yeah. and I started trying to do track and powerlifting at the same time. And I was running into like some crippling knee pain uh, I where imagine. I was where I was, uh, I was like holding the walls to get to, from, to walk to class to class. Like I just, yeah, yeah, I couldn't walk properly for like a good, like two weeks. So that's when I was, uh, I quit track and, um, I I got a little bit of uh, backlash from like friends and family because that, because I've been doing it for so long and they're like, Oh, well, well, why'd you quit? You know? Um, and they didn't, no one really knew what powerlifting was back then. It was still 2018, I believe. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, you know, even, even three years ago, like that was just, uh, it's, it's like a shell of what it is now. What's made me realize that powerlifting is growing is people that you wouldn't even expect to powerlift powerlift now. Yeah. Like you go to like a commercial gym now, uh, since, you know, for me out of convenience, I train at a lot of commercial gyms. Um, and people are just all like bringing inzer belts and knee sleeves. I'm like, Oh, like all these, uh, uh more regular people, like non-competitors at the gym, they know what's up. They know like this equipment is helpful and they're really yeah. getting into it. And if I talk to them, they're like, yeah, like I follow people on Instagram. They're like, I've been thinking about maybe trying to meet out. And usually I'm kind of the one to usher them in and be like, Hey, like yeah. just go for it. Like it's it's really fun, even if it's not to be a serious competitor. Like, why don't you just do it uh, and have something to work towards? So, yeah, like how, winning winning high school nuts. What was that like for you? That was just uh, that was a proof of to me. It was a proof that uh, that I, like I can I can do what I set my mind to, and it, it was a proof that all the work that I put in to to change who I was to to go from someone who who was just, I, I would doubt my like abilities because um, mainly because like in middle school and stuff, I was kind of like uh, left out on things like picked yeah. on a little bit, you know, um, I wasn't very good at sports back then. Um, I, I just hadn't like, I, I didn't enjoy them back then when I was like a child, like a child pretty much. So not really reflective of who I am now, but um, uh, so yeah, I was kind of picked on left out, uh, teased on a bit. So that kind of like got to me when I was younger. So um, that was the huge draw to me to even like start this self-improvement journey in the first place. Um, and, cause and, I want, I, I wanted to change who I am, who, yeah. who I was, you know, I want to be in control of my life, um, and not let like what people say, uh, yeah. you know, bring me down. And, and, you know, like, uh, uh, thanks for sharing that because, uh, I share that sentiment growing up. Like I, I grew up in a, like a poor part of Dallas where my elementary school is literally like 99% 
uh, Hispanic or African American. So I was probably the okay. only Asian kid there. So uh, everyone would always like be like uh, call point at me and say Chino, and I was like, I'm not even oh, Chinese, man. man. I was like, I'm Korean. Um, and and uh, back then, uh, when I got into lifting, because I had older friends who told me about it, I didn't. I never cared about aesthetics when I started. I was literally like, I just want to lift a lot so people don't mess with me or pick on me anymore. And then I got yeah. into wrestling. So then after that, I kind of calmed down and stopped caring because I was like, well, at this point. Like no one's gonna really mess with me if I know some form of grappling or fighting. So. Yeah, yeah, I, I wasn't very. Uh, I was like, because I'd been picked on and stuff. I wasn't a very social person. I was kind of very shy and uh, introverted. Yeah, and I was kind of scared to talk to people because I, I, I had a, I had a, a very good friend of mine who would almost do the talking for me because, uh-huh. uh, because I'd get picked on a lot of times. So like um that's a friend i play still play rocket league with um (laughs) shout out to that friend yeah shout out to dylan um and so i was like well if i'm too socially inept to talk my way out of this situation i'm just going to improve myself to the point where they just don't pick on me anymore (laughs) yeah and you know that's what i realized too in in high school as i started getting stronger and wrestling all those like usually it was not to be stereotypical but it was like the jockey kind of like a football sporty kids who were always like more of the ones who picked on the other kids and i think by the time they were in high school they were like oh don't mess with jen he wrestles and he lifts a lot and they're like they stopped like if anything they were all really nice to me after that i was really friends with them but i was like yeah i'd rather you know be yeah. on good terms than not be on good terms but it's, it's cool to see like how both of us kind of took some of those you know negative experiences in our childhood and you know turned it into a positive thing to say hey like don't just stay where you're at and you know like it's okay to have you know be sad and etc at times but like grow from it and, and become better so you know you now you've yeah. won high school nets and you know the next meet i think you did you you, were, you moved up a weight and you did raw nets um that meet i think you you narrowly got second walk me through what that meet was like you know going into the, a bigger stage like that yeah so um that was awesome it was in lombard illinois I, I that was like probably one of my favorite meets just because the atmosphere of that meet was like just insane and mm-hmm. uh it was like to me like to 17 or 18 year old me it was like a huge like convention basically and also it it was um i was still like younger and lesser known like no no one knew who i was at that point so that, yeah. that was first uh like what I, my impression of that that meet um basically i was just i was just uh it was a cool experience it was also uh 45 minutes away so yeah, it's a nice. new part of town, so that, it's yeah. nice. Was there any um, regrets around that time, uh, like with either that meet or like just kind of where you've gotten to in your career at that point? So um, I, I would say my, my one regret that meet, which probably was potentially part of the reason um, that I, I lost at that meet. Uh, you know, I, I uh, lost to Julian Posas. Uh, I, I'm not sure if that pronunciation is correct on your last no. name. Sorry, Julian. Okay. Um, uh, Julian, are, are, we're, we're friends now. Um, you know, we, we've gotten past him uh, yeah. kicking my ass. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, he's a coach too now. Uh, so um, he's a smart, very smart guy. Um, uh, at that meet, I got like way too hyped for my squat. And I think that like that adrenaline rush, just I completely crashed after squat. Mm, Um, And because I had so much adrenaline running through me, it was hard to eat. Like I was trying to get food down to recomp and uh or not even recon because i didn't even cover that meat i was like 178 just trying to keep keep some food in you yeah yeah and uh my my mouth like my throat was rejecting it i literally could not get it down um 
because of adrenaline. So since then, that led to my best performance. I mean, it was prime time where I learned I need to listen to calm music through the, <laughs> the entire meet until deadlift. Um, uh, but yeah, at that meet, uh, in training, in training, my best pull was six twenty eight, I believe, oh. and I was was uh, I only got five seventy three at that meet. Uh, and tried uh, six oh maybe like five ninety five or six oh one or something. Uh, couldn't couldn't get it past my. Uh, couldn't really get it off the floor, I, I believe. And then my th- my uh, attempt beyond that, I just like mustered up something. Went for like six thirteen, I think it was for the win. Got it yeah. to my knees, and then I just fell backwards. Oh, uh, so, so I I took the L that day. Um, so something uh, I, I will say um, two days after that meet, I I think my my peak must uh, well one. Maybe I missed time. Maybe the time miss peak was mistimed, but it's probably mostly due to you know not being able to recount. Oh, also, I cramped on my bench press that uh, my third bench. Um, so it hurt to bend over after it, like, like, oh, I like man. just do like a body weight RDL or like a body like a hinge, like just hurt. Yeah, um, that sucks because I know in the team Nori chat, that was a topic I brought up uh, a couple weeks back where I was like, hey, like, what do you guys do about lifters that cramp on benches specifically? Or yeah. like, is it something you see common? And, you know, Sean, Sean's big take on it, I think, was just you got to really focus on not just the water hydration, but getting the sodium in and getting getting extra minerals in to, to minimize yeah. it. But if your body was rejecting all the food because you were so adrenaline up. Um, it's definitely hard to just keep that down. So that sucks going into yeah. hell if you already have to deal with that. Yeah, so there's two more comments I have about that meet. One is two days after that meet, I pulled like 633. Uh, All time PR uh, at the time. Yeah, on a, on a stiff bar on kilos. Dang. At, at like RP eight and a half. That's insane. Um, <laughs> What's the second comment? So so I never posted that, but yeah, that would have let me win handily. Right before my third deadlift, I think Julie was getting a little nervous because he knew I was good. I was a strong deadlifter, and I yeah temp was just like a technical flaw or something but his his coach at the time his coach is flex joey um and what joey does is he he points to the lifting the lifting cast board and uh-huh. he's like julie was like like and i'm sitting like he's at lifting cast board i'm the seats like just like chilling there um in, with my headphones on but like he's screaming and he points to lifting cast like really like uh screams he's like there is no way he is pulling that for a third attempt like he failed his second attempt you have no reason to worry there's no way he can pull that and and something about that pissed me off so much because you were like um, i gotta freaking pull this down <laughs> yeah i gotta pull this now but something about that uh post post me post nationals was like the most like the, the the greatest training period of my life because every time uh specifically on deadlift uh but um in about in about eight weeks i pulled that that 613 that i missed in the gym um or at the meet or th- th- that i missed at the meet for a triple paused at like rpa that's insane you you were and it was like the fire that just fueled you dude yeah. i literally i would go into every single session words in my head like i would like hear them like like almost like it was a tv show where you can like hear yeah, the words like emanating yeah yeah it was like there is no way he hits that <laughs> um and i could i just heard that every time i walked into the to the gym pretty much even on squat and bench like it was just it was just it was just fueled me so much uh with rage and then obviously um 
it made me real uh around the time there was a lot of other developments where i became very process oriented instead uh -huh. of thinking about the numbers constantly stressing about what numbers i have to hit i did where it's just like the numbers will come you just have to go through your to-do list of what you need to do in training i think that's something that a lot of people can take away because they get way too focused on the numbers and the numbers will take care of themselves as long as you just take care of the the processes you need to do such as sleep diet uh, following your program everything you know te technique you know yeah. uh, people stress too much about the the numbers that uh, that's definitely something you know like uh, we're all guilty of i think starting off into powerlifting and you know that that leads us to your best meet yet after that uh, when does sean kind of come into the picture was this a meet you started prepping with him or was that after this midwest uh, primetime meet sean uh is after the texas meet oh uh, wow so I... you, you guys actually didn't start working together uh for quite some time so then the yeah. midwest prime time uh I, I, like i don't know if you had anything else to add to that but like what like who was helping you with that because that was obviously such a great performance yeah i, I was still with uh i had been with kyle since then still uh -huh. um yeah th that meet was uh the um the meet prep after high school nationals or Raw 2019 nationals yeah raw nationals was like the the best prep i've ever had the most progress uh, the most intense like focused i've been with training mm. uh i i was like a freshman in college and there was this gym i lifted at called gonzo's barbell which is basically like just a dungeon which uh -huh. is it was like it was like optimal training conditions uh post uh that was supposed to uh lead into a meet in march of 2020 uh, but obviously, uh, two COVID days before happened. that, yeah. yeah, COVID happened. Two days before the meet, it was canceled. Um, and man, I just, uh, I'm not like, I, after, um, I had like a bit of an identity crisis uh, with powerlifting. You know, like I, I, I obviously didn't have it very badly uh, with COVID. So many people had it worse, but that was just something that I went through. It was just a little bit of identity crisis where I'm like, man, I've had this taken away from me. And this has been uh, like <laughs> a very important you know, thing yeah very very primary focus in my life um i don't know what to do without it at that point i was also getting very burnt out of powerlifting so it was uh -huh. maybe a blessing in disguise yeah because um, uh, you had a whole year gap uh if you really think about it from raw nats 2019 to the primetime meet and i mean obviously your total and your numbers the difference speaks for itself like you you were like your squat progression was already incredible from you moving up to 83 from a 74 and then that year later at mid probably put another 50 pounds on your squat being nearly a 600 pound squatter um and then deadlift pulling 701 like as a as an 83 still a team lifter that's incredible like yeah like so what uh the prep was awesome when you got to that meet like it seems like the stars aligned like what was that meet day looking like um yeah so leading into that uh I, I think i was um programming was pretty much just like perfect for me uh everything everything training was going perfectly uh my motivation was back um uh, because i had you know like what like maybe like a month off or something you know uh we built a home gym we still have our home gym in our in our garage here yeah uh uh so i was able to train and uh, like i said i was burnt out so i i i didn't have i had zero desire to train but i just forced myself to go to like go anyways which is so weird because you know like all i have to do is walk into my garage but um <laughs> something about um i just needed i need i need it was mainly like um i wanted to put attention into other aspects of my life 
for like those yeah. two months that that, that Where COVID I, year i think was like that for a lot of people too you know because uh, yeah. like i know for myself uh, uh i had a garage gym set up too but it's it's a different atmosphere just trying to like push yourself to squat and he lift heavy numbers in a garage you know especially some days i'm training by myself and you know it's not a gym so even with music and i like listening to chill music too it's like I got to hype myself up when my, you know, bed and my shower is like 15 steps away and yeah. suddenly turn the switch on and be like, it's time to, you know, get it in the gym. Yeah. Uh, and sometimes I think that's why I like going and training at a gym, you know, I, it's, it has its pros and cons of comparison. So yeah. you know, despite that, you, you push yourself and you still kept training. Um, and then you made yeah. it. About halfway through that prep is when I started falling in love with powerlifting again. Um, oh. So that's when I, when uh, everything started just really, really going uh, very well um, because I was just, uh, you know, I was eating properly again. And I wasn't staying up until four in the morning playing Destiny, <laughs> <laughs> uh, which is basically what I was doing. Um, you know, I was a little burnt out from school as well, being a bio yeah. major. Um, it's tough. Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> basically i just played like a ridiculous amount of video games during quarantine um and i don't know just like reading a lot um i did i did productive stuff as well but a lot of it was just like recapturing my childhood year. yeah strange year for yeah. a lot of us but in, in some ways it, it was a nice break too just like being able yeah. to just do that and, and have that opportunity um so yeah. you know that meet goes well and then you have the next two meets your texas strength classic meet and then the the more recent ronettes um, what, what were, what were some of the problems at Texas strength class? Like, I know, you know, deadlift didn't go your way and you said you started working yeah. with Sean shortly after that. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't have too many comments about, uh, Midwest prime time. It was just like the meat of my, like, it was just my best performance from yeah. today uh, so far. Yeah. Um, going into that Texas meet, uh, it's probably a meet I really shouldn't have done. I probably shouldn't have done a meet so soon after Midwest prime time. Yeah. Um, prep went well uh but what happened was was a uh the monday uh prior to that meet i got food poisoning oh, from uh, some fr from some sushi from meyer excuse me damn um, that sucks man yeah <laughs> never never going to meyer for sushi again uh <laughs> it's gonna poison you um and i had lost like 10 pounds and, and i i couldn't get any food down um i just had chills just couldn't get out of bed was just really like just just was just destroyed you know terrible was, timing yeah yeah um so i i go to texas anyway uh because i'm like well i've signed up for this meet um flight's already know, booked you know flight's already booked um you know there's a chance i perform well and i'm also meeting up with people like lucky uh, Sean, you know, yeah. the, 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 everyone down in Texas, you know, it's a huge meet. A chance was there actually. Yeah. Uh, you didn't know who I was at that point. I don't think, but, um, yeah. Um, so you get to the meet and then I get to the, I get to the like meet. Did pretty well. Yeah. I get to the meet squat goes surprisingly well for, for weighing it. So what happened was during, uh, I was like 174. Uh, -huh. uh I which my usual body weight, my training body weight was like 185 at that point. Okay. Dang. So, 11 pounds. Yeah. So I spend that entire day eating. I had like, maybe like, it was still tough for me to eat even at that yeah. point. So I like forced 2000 calories down my throat, had like, uh, easily over like probably close to 200 ounces of fluids before that. Dang. Uh, still weigh in at like 178 i believe i did it's like four pounds five pounds like barely recomp back up yeah 
Uh, so I, I guess I just didn't hold on to any of the weight that weight, and I'm still nowhere near my 185 training weight that I usually sit at. Um, squat just like goes well. Uh, I chip the American record that I had uh, from that previous meet uh, for mm-hmm. squat. Uh, and that's like the only, that's the only thing I had in me for the day. After that, I was like, uh, the, the second attempt prior to that was like, which I believe was 573, uh, felt I think it was uh, 584. Yeah. So five, that 584 felt heavier, felt worse than my 595 at Midwest prime time than me prior. Uh, actually, my opener probably felt worse than my 595. Yeah. If we're gonna be completely honest. like, just like I just did not feel well. Um, yeah. So after that, I was like, man, okay, I just used up all my energy. Like that was like my life force is depleted. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So bench goes horribly, and then I'm not even able to. Um, I fail 620 in the warm up room on deadlift. Oh man. Yeah. At that point, were you like, maybe I should just drop opener and try to salvage it, or what were you thinking? We, we were thinking that we were just too late. Oh, okay. So then you were like, whatever. Yeah. I mean, it is what it is. You you showed up anyway. You did the best you could, which respect to that. I mean, some people, they come into meets yeah. with sickness, injury, whatever, and they still show up and do the best they can. And I think really kind of like your whole story of your high school development, it's like, it's the story of, you know, picking yourself back up after a bad, you know, showing or a bad, uh, you know, case like this and saying, I'm going to do better yeah. next time. So then at that point where you like, okay, Sean's here. I met him. Maybe I might start working with them. Is that, is that kind of how it happened? Yeah. So the, the, uh, some pivotal points that meet were just like meeting, uh, just meeting all the people, uh, some of the friends that I have in Texas now. Um, but of course, uh, meeting Sean in person. So, uh, shortly after that meet is when I reached out to him, uh, for coaching and we have been working together since then. And that was the, uh, the start of the, um, the raw national, the 2021 raw nationals prep. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. And with, with the raw nationals, uh, like obviously you came in, you outperformed your best squat, you outperformed yeah. your best bench and then deadlift, you hit your opener and then, you know, things didn't seem like they ended up well. What was, what happened on that? Beat? Uh, it was, it was another case of like, I, I couldn't get food down. Yeah, I couldn't recap. Well, also, I told I, to, I told you, like, my cut went horribly in the beginning. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. That was the meet where it ended up going uh, a little bit poorly. So um, I only had, like, um, uh, having to weigh in for a, a second time cut into my warm-up time and yeah. my recomp time. So I really only had, like, an hour 30, maybe hour 20 weigh-in um, instead of a two-hour weigh-in. It was just, like, a, a learning experience, really. <laughs> and it was unfortunate that my cutting protocol just didn't work when it has worked prior <laughs> in reflection was there anything when you and sean look back at it that you feel like maybe this is the change that happened that didn't cause it to work well was there or like to this day are you just not really sure yet i probably just need to be a bit more aggressive honestly uh-huh. I see. But yeah. then after that meet, you were just kind of like, all right, uh, like it wasn't then, but many months later, we found out the weight class has changed for next year. At that point yeah. where you're like, screw it, I'm still a, a growing guy. Like I'm going to just put on even more muscle and make my way up to 198. Yeah. So after that meet, it was when I was like, hmm, maybe I just go 93 because I'm growing anyway at like a very, like an increase, uh, you know, at a, at a decent uh, pace. Also during that prep, I actually um, at the end of the prep, I was 186. Um, 
during the middle of the prep, I was like close to 190. Okay. And something something about sitting there, I was like, man, I feel ridiculously strong. What if I just take yeah. this further? Um, so that's that's that was uh I was gonna give myself um a few months of training, see how kind of sitting at like a at like a high one, like high 180s would feel, but uh-huh. not quite go past 190. Um, and I started, I just felt like I was limiting myself. So that, that was the, that was the, uh, decision for me. Like, all right, you know what? I'm just, I'm just done with 83 time to let myself grow. Mm-hmm. And, um, and it was very appealing to me. Um, I'm taller than most elite 83s, right? I'm yeah. not like the, I'm, I'm not the tallest guy in the world, but I'm also not like five, 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 six, like most 83s are <laughs> stocky 83s. <laughs> yeah. I'm 80, I'm a five, eight. So, um, which most 93s, even 105s are like, yeah, uh, like, yeah, up there. I think chances, but like five, nine and 93 or like, it's a heavy 93. So if, if I'm going to be like, like his kind of composition, then, it, you know, it, it makes sense makes for me. Sense. Yeah. So yeah, 198 may just make sense for my body to perform it. Uh, which is nice because I was not looking forward to having to force myself to get up to like 210. <laughs> yeah, you know? that, that'd be rough. That would that would have take, taken a lot of time, a longer time, obviously. And, you know, I think I respect that about you and that like you didn't just like try to really milk out this one weight class and, and just destroy your body and feel like, man, like I have to keep cutting and keep cutting. And I'm sure a lot of people listening that have gone through that themselves, they they can relate and knowing like, now it's just time to move up and I just got to commit to it and be okay with, you know, like adding some muscle and adding some weight. And yeah, like, so now that you've committed to it and you're on that journey, like I'm assuming you're like 190 plus now, like how's it been just eating up? Um, I feel like, uh, so one of my primary concerns was I, I felt like I was spinning my wheels. So uh-huh. I, I definitely, um, I've, uh, I've definitely put on a lot more muscle. I feel like I, I, I that would be a limiting factor for me at 83 um, just because like I, I was, you know, uh, I was performing well, but like, I still was kind of skinny. Um, yeah. Cause you're pretty like, lean, of, I would say, despite, yeah. you know, being like at that weight. Yeah. Uh, I'm like this, I'm probably like the skinniest 190 at five, eight in the world. <laughs> <laughs> um, um, no, but I've gained muscle. Um, uh, I went pant shopping the other day and I've gone up like four sizes. Um, <laughs> that's the one downside is you got to change your whole wardrobe and like upgrade to larges yeah. and, you know, bigger pants and yeah. But, but I mean, to give yourself some credit, man, I think uh, your physique though, like, uh, uh, obviously looks pretty solid at, at, uh, at like even this weight. like, I'd say like yeah. clearly like, uh, your pec striations and, and, and inserts <laughs> are pretty good. Like I'd say like, you definitely have maybe your, your grandpa on your dad's side, solid, uh, fitness genetics came down and now yeah. you're filling out, man. Thank you. Yeah, my dad has like a barrel chest, so. So yeah, he probably looks like the uh, the the dad who really did used to lift and still maybe kind of works out here and there. So yeah, he said he he said he. I don't know if this is true at all. I, maybe he was just giving me like a goal to like work towards. But he said he would bench like two ninety in high school. So no, that was that's, like that's not know, that's not bad for a high school. That's yes. pretty strong actually. No, yeah, 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 like just a random seventeen year old kid. <laughs> is he is he really impressed by you with like the numbers you're putting up now? Six hundred plus squat, you know, seven hundred plus deadlift. Like, oh, well, what does he say when you tell him like how you're how how strong you are now? Yeah, he follows everything. He follows. Uh, he actually is pretty involved in uh, like uh, keeping up with powerlifting. Uh-huh. Um, there's some powerlifting dads out there, like like Ben Poor's dad and Stephen yeah, yeah, dad. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, Scott Poor. Um, 
no yeah he, he's very proud of of what i do which, That's I, awesome, which I appreciate a lot yeah I'm, I'm glad that he keeps up with it and you know uh, gets to like also follows the sport more because you know i'm sure any father whose son's doing well like just at a, at a high level it's something to be proud of so that's that's awesome man and now now that you're you're moving up like do you feel like by collegiates like where do you feel like your goal with your weights could be what's realistic do you think uh probably like 196 ish okay so like within range where you're nearly there but you don't have to cut or anything and you can still yeah. eat your, your your big meal the night before and you know not have to break a sweat the next day right yeah yeah it'll be, i feel like i probably it'd probably just be like uh uh d diminishing returns if i tried to rush it past like 196 mm. in, in this time frame where we're 12 weeks out now and i'm like sitting at like 194 so it's it a job me, man to eat a lot too you know yeah so yeah and i i feel like i'm performing well and um i'm, I'm starting to gain weight uh uh just like just uh i i'm not i'm, I'm actually dialing back on the eating uh recently uh, and i'm still gaining weight so i I, I think I'm finding out that I probably don't need to eat as much as, as I thought I, I had to, hmm. uh, maybe it's just because I'm sedentary, but <laughs> <laughs> well, your body, your body's clearly responsive to the food and, you know, all the training. So that's, that's good that like, it, it hasn't been, uh, uh like, yeah. I, I feel like at this point with how much, with, with how much I eat, which isn't that much, honestly, probably like low 3000 calories. I'm already like, man, I don't really want to eat more than this every day. Like this is already a pain. So I'm glad that at least for you, you're still at a point where you're continuing to fill out and be like, oh, it's not too bad yet. Yeah. I started at uh, high three thousands and I, uh, wasn't I started, started um, I got to like 191 very quickly and then I stalled there for a while so I was like uh, I bumped up to 4200 and <laughs> I was like I, I need to gain um and uh that was that was a chore so I'm, I'm down to like like 339 3800 and I'm still, still a lot, like, man. yeah it is still a lot uh what's I a staple spend... in your in your diet <laughs> um uh lots of lots of rice honestly uh, like, easy uh, i guess yeah ba bagels lots of bagels if anyone knows me <laughs> i am a huge bagel consumer now i know um, that so if i ever see you next time I'll, I'll i'll try to get you a bagel or something yeah that's a that's that's the that's the uh center of my diet all right all around a bagel um <laughs> yeah what about like, your for a protein intake um just, just normal stuff uh lots like chicken of chicken or yeah just chicken um honestly whey i don't like eating too much meat uh okay. honestly, I, I i eat i eat meat of course but um something about eating too much just doesn't sit well with me um oh. like just like I, it makes my body feel weird so oh, okay. a lot of people are, a lot of people are like uh oh like why would you have whey protein when you can just eat more beef and steak and chicken and well it's because i don't i don't like eating that much me so that, that's a fair uh, point um i think yeah. i'm the opposite if i drink too much whey i'll just you know be in the restroom not feeling too good um but if i eat a bunch of meat any type of meat beef chicken whatever like i, I respond pretty well never feel weird or you know bloated or anything but i just don't like having to eat more than a pound of meat a day and feel like oh man here's here's another bite of chicken another bite of beef like you know, so yeah. even if it tastes good, you know, because at that point you're just like, I don't want to eat more than a pound of meat. So I definitely feel you on that. But. Do you? I, this is like a this is like a personal thing, but uh -huh. sometimes when, when I eat, start eating too much meat, I'm like, man, this thing this thing was living. <laughs> uh, like not too long ago, and now, well, like yeah. I guess in a way, like uh, some people can 
think about it in a nicer way thinking hey like at least i'm respecting its life and you know it's it's becoming a part of me and now i can you know go out and yeah. utilize it uh, to, to its full extent but i mean some people they just straight up don't care and obviously this is where a whole like animal ethics and, yeah you know, all that comes into play so i'm definitely like you know not not for like how they treat you know animals and you know how, how it has to come to where we're at but unfortunately it's capitalistic society you know and this is kind of yeah. how things are like so yeah if, if i wasn't eating it someone else would be so yeah, i mean and then on the people on the other side people are always gonna be like oh that's a cop-out mentality you're not making it any better but it's like yeah. i'm sorry man i i mean honestly i do like me you know i do like the taste of it too so oh like, yeah so so do i it's just like sometimes it's just like an, it's more of an invasive thought uh -huh. where I, I just like uh i'm just like looking at what i'm eating you know maybe it's because uh maybe it's because i'm a nurse so i've seen lots of like cadavers yeah. and like muscle tissues so i like i look at the meat i'm eating and i'm like man that kind of looks like i'm like a muscle tissue i've studied yeah. it and i'm like oh, okay this was a living creature at one point and that's kind of where <laughs> the this, philosopher this whole... aiden comes out and you're like yeah started a question your, your choices or your ethics of eating food yeah i think i think that's all like uh irrational thoughts honestly uh, but I mean, I it's, it's, it's it's a fair point you know because i feel like some yeah. people who maybe take it a little further they might gag at it and they're like oh i don't think i can really eat this anymore because like especially working in the medical field which brings me to my next like question there is like i know you're uh in nursing school right now right and, and what what are kind of like your career goals or like, why, why did you select nursing as like a field yeah, so I started as a bio major, um, and I quickly realized that I don't like working in a lab, which is uh, <laughs> which is which is an issue considering that's like ninety nine percent of the uh, jobs you would go to as yeah. a bio major, uh, where um, you know doing whatever uh, needs to be done, uh, carrying out whatever tasks need to be done. Yeah. Uh, so. Uh, quarantine gave me a lot of time to think uh, about what my my, my life di direction, my direction in life, uh -huh. um, and uh, I, I realized that I I, I want a job uh, where I can help people. Yeah. Um, and it's very convenient that uh, all the classes I've taken line up with uh, nursing requirements. Nursing 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 undergraduate requirements. Yeah. Nice. So uh, that was pretty much like the straightforward option. Um, which also leads me to coaching because I like helping people um, and mm -hmm. I love powerlifting. So my, my kind of career goals are um, I, I want to, uh, <laughs> I want to secure a nursing degree, you know, mm -hmm. and I'd love to be a nurse, but um, may, maybe, maybe later and use the degree more as a, as a safety net um, to, to pursue coaching full-time. And uh, then that being said, like uh, when in when in your coaching career, would you feel like you can say I've made it? Um, and like, what are, are some of those goals maybe you're setting for yourself? Like as a coach? Oh, OK. Yeah. So uh, first would just really de definitely just be a, you know, um, like one, I guess there's personal needs where, you know, coach a a, uh, a large enough team where I can self-sustain myself. But that's yeah. more so that uh, so I can you know devote myself to coaching full time. Um, Second would just be to uh, I have a couple uh, talented talented kids already, and I'm I'm more so interested in uh, the process of taking people from um, a, a a smaller point into a to a to a larger point. You know, to, uh, uh, like a national level or something. Yeah, I'm more I'm more interested in um, starting with a kid that maybe has like like a you know he's, he's a talented kid, but he, he isn't too. He's just a prospect. Kind of, yeah, he's a prospect taking a prospect to to an elite, you know, I see. Uh, rather than having someone who's super talented uh, 
come to me and then you know be, being able to uh i'd love to do that you know i have i have uh two people who are who are like that right now with uh gage and marcus yeah <laughs> um, yeah, where, yeah they're pretty, they're pretty all, they're they're already very, um, you know, established, strong individuals, and I want to bring out the most of them. But I think what would be the most rewarding experience would be taking some of the kids that I have that are, um, you know, you know, they're 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 prospects. Um, they're they're very passionate about this. They have talent. You know, it's it's really up to them if <laughs> um, you know how far they take this. Right? You know, there's a lot that can happen in life, but it would be an incredibly rewarding experience. You know three four years down the line if i can if i can turn them into the next junior national champion yeah. or world champion that'd be you amazing know. this is a side question but do you have any siblings Eddie? yeah i have a younger brother okay i was about to say you seem like you'd be a solid older brother figure do you feel like <laughs> yeah. you get along with them or do you just kind of bully them a lot <laughs> how was no. that dynamic when i was younger i'd bully them but that was when we were like 10 yeah too young old. to yeah, like really <laughs> yeah young. how how is it no, do, you, yeah. do you tell him to like work out and stuff I do, but uh, his passion is like, is I guess the opposite of mine, where you know, well, when people think of powerlifting, it's like, oh, they're a bunch of meatheads, but uh, not you know, not the case. Um, but yeah, it's kind of like a, uh, um, a juxtaposition where he is uh, very into singing and drama and um, the arts, essentially. Oh. He's he's talent he's talented too. He, he's uh I'm not even saying this because he's he's uh, my brother. Like I, I enjoy listening to him singing. He has a nice voice. Um, yeah, and he's a, he's a good actor. Um, he's fifteen years old, so yeah, that's awesome, man. Well, yeah, like I feel like I feel like it's cool that uh you kind of have that vision with your coaching. Um, I guess like theme is that taking those prospects to the late level. I feel like that's kind of where you know, I, like a lot of the people I work with now, where I guess my theme in comparison would be getting people that are at like that you know, maybe that middle-aged career part of their life where they want to stay in shape, they want to keep strength training because it's fun and that's kind of the specialized, maybe doing like a powerlifting meet once or twice yeah. a year, just as something to look forward to in their hectic nine to five, eight to six type of schedule. And uh, and a lot, of, a lot of people, like, they just need that accountability and someone to push them and say, hey, like, you know, yeah. I'm here to, to make sure that you keep, keep it up. And, and, you know, I, I've, I've like back in the years, like I've taken a few people to collegiate Nats, had a one girl get first and a couple people get second. And it was always cool to like be at that level and game day coaching to me to this day is very fascinating. I really love mm -hmm. that was close battles where literally one attempt is like what it takes to secure the victory or like body weights even. And it takes like everything to make sure like, you know, you, you just need that extra two and a half kilos or that chipped record to win. But uh, uh, most of my demographic now is with that more intermediate, you know, like intermediate to late intermediate, older kind of population uh, that that just works out. And it's cool that we have a dynamic in our team where like we have different coaches with kind of a different type of uh, demographic and background. But in a lot of ways, it's it's cool that uh, you, like a lot of the things you shared, you know, some of the things I resonate with. And now I can kind of picture that cafeteria example you gave, like back then when you stepped into that big cafeteria, it's like you'd be like that uh, that older like a nice like a uh, coach or gentleman who comes in and there's that kid sitting in the corner and like i feel like it'd be the start of a movie where like you're like hey kid like i see the talent in you <laughs> and like you're, you're yeah. the next prospect i'm gonna bring up and, and i've seen I, like i see your talent and like you like really bring up this next generation i feel like it's gonna be awesome seeing you grow I, yeah, I feel like a lot of the, uh, the the kids I work with, um, I, I'm I'm somewhat selective, uh, I will say, um, with, uh -huh. with who who I work with. I, I really make sure that um, I like I like the person. Um, I really enjoy working with some of the kids I have. So I, I'm, it, it, it's almost like a, uh, it helps that I um, 
been a little emotionally invested in them as well. <laughs> yeah. So uh, it's, it's nice knowing like, you know, like for them too, that they have a coach who is in their corner, who cares about them, you know, and, and really wants yeah. to see them succeed. And really like when you surround yourself with that, it, it, it makes, it breeds success. I, I, uh, I, I see, I see my, I basically don't see a difference between their training and my training in a way uh, uh -huh. for, for those who really do care, you know, mm -hmm. like I care as much as I do about this, you know, that they're, um, like I, I view it as a, an extension of my training. That's awesome, man. And, and I think that's what a good coach who cares, like, you know, I guess it's a, a good stream of thinking to have. And, and, you know, other than that, I mean, thanks so much for, you know, sharing all these things about yourself today, Ada, and then it gave me a chance to just get to know you better. And hopefully for any of our listeners to just know one of our younger, newer additions and kind of who you are and, you know, where your goals uh, with your career, with your coaching kind of come to be. And I think it'll be really exciting to see, you know, these next few years of where you're going to be at, both as a competitor and just as a coach making your name with, so hopefully these yeah. talented lifters. So any, any uh, uh, final kind of comments you want to leave us with, Aiden, either about the team, coaching, future, et cetera? um a little bit yeah uh thank you just first for the interview and giving me this like like a avenue to speak about um all these things that uh you know probably probably a lot of people don't know about me um and i haven't talked about to honestly many people um you know uh i always i always like to kind of like share what i've gone through in, uh -huh. in life i guess um I, I guess maybe maybe if uh someone someone sees my uh what i've talked about as valuable that'll that'll um all you know makes it all worth it um because i i have people reach out about like my journey you know I, i've made posts about you know my transformation and, and people uh resonate with that um as far as the team goes um i i'm just inc incredibly thankful for uh you know the opportunity to be on this team um it's been it's been incredible and i, and I value it like like dearly um i just think about how unique of a situation this is to be on this team um yeah it, it is it is something that i i value and um realize that uh i need to make the most out of yeah that's awesome man i mean th thank you for that and we're we're happy to have you on board i think when you know sean jared and i were looking to you know expand the team we were really excited to bring on you know individuals like you and eric and obviously chance as well who's already kind of yeah. been a household established name but yeah like we were happy to to bring you guys on because we see you guys as that vision for ourselves as the future of, of the coaching world too and and to be able to kind of invest into you guys and hopefully see you guys grow your roster and and, and develop a it's going to be exciting to see what's come. So we'll, we'll hopefully get another opportunity sometime to have uh, another chat like this, Aiden. But once again, uh, yeah. thank you so much for your time and, uh, and you know, looking forward to uh, speaking with hopefully Eric next. So uh, stay tuned, guys.